Welcome to Open Your Eyes, a podcast about empowering each of us with the perspective and tools to grow and change. You know, just this week, I got a text from a listener who said that these podcasts are having a positive impact on his life. I was so thankful. I love uplifting podcasts. They've helped me become better. And I am passionate about helping all of us to live a happier life. And I believe deeply that to do that, we all need to open our eyes to the possibilities and realities around us. And one of those realities is that you were filled with immense potential. And sometimes seeing things in a new way can unlock that potential. So today, wherever you're listening to this podcast, I hope you get a new perspective of how you can think and live better. Now, if you enjoy this podcast, please take a minute to share it with a friend. You know, word of mouth is the best way to get our message out. Just use the share button on your podcast app and send it with a message like, I thought you might enjoy this. It just might be what your friend needs to hear today. Let's get started. Today, I'd like to talk about your goals. And are they, your goals, worthy of you? A few weeks ago, Coach Mike Krzyzewski, the basketball coach of the Duke Blue Devils, after 42 years of coaching, coached his last game on Duke's home floor at Camden Indoor Stadium. In total, his Duke teams have won 1,196 games and only lost 365. That's a 77% winning record. And that night, a few weeks ago, they were hoping for one last home floor win. Coach K and his Duke Blue Devils have won five national championships, appeared in nine national championship games, and reached the final four of the NCAA tournament 12 times. Duke has won 15 ACC championships, and Coach K has earned ACC Coach of the Year five times. He's also coached the U.S. Olympic basketball team as head coach three times, each of those times winning a gold medal. Now, the tickets for the last home game at Duke were almost impossible to get. One fan paid $1 million for four tickets. On StubHub, the morning of the game, the cheapest seat at the top of the stadium was $6,250. And almost all of Coach K's former players were in the stadium to pay tribute to their coach. In total, 68 of his players over the years have been selected in the NBA draft. Of them, 42 were in the first round. And those still playing in the NBA include Kyrie Irving, Jason Tatum, Zion Williamson, Seth Curry, and many more. Now, you don't have to be a basketball fan to appreciate this moment. Coach K coached and developed hundreds of young men, mentored many leaders, and after such a storied career, he, in my opinion, knows a thing or two about leading a team, leading yourself, and winning. So there might be something for us to learn from his perspective. I remember years ago walking through the Los Angeles airport on the way home from a trip to Taiwan. I had just gotten off an 11-hour flight. I was tired and frustrated because I was leading an international team and honestly not doing a very good job. I stopped at the airport bookstore, and there I saw a book called Leading with the Heart by Coach K. I bought it. And by the time I landed in Salt Lake City three hours later, I had devoured the book. 
and from it, I learned several principles that changed how I led. Here was the first. Coach K wrote, my goal has to be worthy of the team's commitment. Now, I've reflected on this simple statement dozens of times since. Our goal has to be worthy of the team's commitment. Likewise, your own goals have to be worthy of your own life, your own potential, your own commitment. So what does this mean? Well, if you're going to rise or if you're going to give your heart to a goal, then your goal must be a worthy goal. Lofty, yes, but he didn't say lofty. He said worthy. Now, the definition of worthy is to have sufficient worth or importance, deserving of attention and admiration and righteous. Or as Bob Proctor said, a worthy goal should be big enough to scare and excite you at the same time. As I read all this, it struck me that the goals that I had in mind for my team, and even for me at the time in my life, were not necessarily worthy goals. They were simply numeric and financial goals. On my team, we weren't talking about how we were helping people. We were talking about sales dollars. And we weren't talking about enhancing lives. We were talking about profit margin. And we weren't talking about what our team would be like if we reached those goals. I also reflected on my personal goals. I had just enrolled in a PhD program and I had a goal to earn my PhD. But that goal wasn't worthy of my commitment. So my goals morphed and improved. And as a result, our team decided to revise our goals to the number of households and people we helped and how we helped them. And I personally decided to work to become the best teacher and trainer I could rather than just earn a degree. And those things became goals worthy of sustained commitment. And that change changed me and my team. What about your goals? Are they worthy of your commitment? Are they worthy of the person you are becoming? Well, on October 16th, 2010, as a freshman football player at Luther College in Iowa, Chris Norton strapped on his pads as he prepared to play a game against Central College. While just in his first year in the program, Chris had already made a reputation for himself of being a tough, hard-hitting player. So it wasn't surprising on this day that Coach put him in on the kickoff as part of the special teams unit. His job was to sprint down the field, spot the player who catches the kickoff, shed his blocker, and make the tackle. Playing on the kickoff team has an added risk because you're often running at full speed when you make the tackle. And it requires a bit of courage to run all out and make a hit at high speed. I mean, imagine, even with football pads, running full speed into a brick wall. That's a good analogy of what it feels like sometimes to make the tackle on a kickoff. Well, Chris stepped up to the line with 10 others on his team. And as the ball was kicked, Chris took off. 20 yards down the field, he spotted the ball as it fell into the arms of an opposing player. Chris was running straight for the player. And as he approached, within 10 yards or so, the opposing player cut to his right, and Chris knew he had to make a spectacular play to tackle the returner. So with just a few yards to go, Chris dove headfirst in an attempt to make the tackle. And as he did, the player returning the kickoff hit the side of Chris's head, twisting it awkwardly. And as the pile cleared, Chris remained on the turf, face down, motionless. 
He said everything felt different and strange. He couldn't move. In fact, he had no sensation at all. He had an inkling that he had hurt his head and neck, but thought it was just a temporary thing, a stinger or something like that, and the feeling would return and all would be okay. The training staff immediately ran onto the field and soon realized they had a serious injury on their hands. The trainer asked Chris questions like, can you make a fist with your hand? He couldn't. Chris's mother and father were in the stands, and they started to panic as they saw that Chris wasn't moving at all. He wasn't twitching his feet. His hands weren't moving to his face. There simply was no movement, and the stadium went quiet. The players took a knee, and the 5,000 people in attendance were perfectly quiet. Chris said he closed his eyes and tried to shut out what was happening. He didn't want to accept that he was unable to move. Now, he'd heard of players who had spinal cord injuries on the football field, but he couldn't accept that bad things could happen to him. This kind of thing only happened to other people. His parents came down to the field, told him they loved him, and that they were there for him. As the paramedics taped Chris and his head to the stretcher and removed him from the field, he wasn't even able to acknowledge anyone by giving them a thumbs up. Well, they had called for a helicopter to transport him to the hospital, and Chris suddenly knew his injury was serious and that he could possibly die. And once at the hospital, he was subjected to a battery of tests, procedures, and other things, testing his sensation and movements. And with each test, Chris had a gradual increase of fear. What the doctors soon learned was that Chris's neck had been pushed forward and had broken between the C3 and C4 vertebrae. And this compressed the spinal cord and caused his paralysis. So he was placed in traction and his fractured neck was realigned. Now the surgeon told Chris and his family that he only had a 3% chance of ever having movement below his neck. Chris finally had a chance to ask the surgeon, will I ever walk again? And the surgeon said, I don't know. Well, the first night he cried most of the night and he wondered over and over again, why had this happened to him? Would he ever be mobile again? Would he ever have a normal life again? And on the fourth night, at 4 a.m., Chris couldn't sleep. A physician came in to check his vitals, and this doctor said, look me in the eyes. She said, my name is Georgia, and I'm from Wyoming. And people from Wyoming don't tell lies. And Chris, I'm telling you, you will beat this. You will beat this. And it was at that moment that Chris started to believe. You see, every other nurse and physician had just checked his vitals and left, but this doctor gave him hope. And Chris decided his goal right then. He decided he was going to stand and walk again. Well, the first thing that happened was a few days later, he moved his left arm, and that tiny movement gave him hope. And with this little bit of encouragement, his dad said to Chris, Chris, there's no challenge too big that you can't conquer. At the end of six weeks, the expectation was for him to move his legs, but he still had no movement. Finally, one day, he had a sensation in his big toe, just a sensation. And when the doctor came in, Chris said, there's something happening to my big toe. The doctor immediately cut him off and told him he was experiencing phantom feeling. He said, those phantom feelings are made up because you want it so bad. And the doctor told him it was a trick in his mind. 
In fact, the doctor said, you will never be able to move your legs ever again. And he left. Well, as the doctor left, Chris's dad teared up and he told Chris, no one is ever going to determine your outcome but you. And Chris redecided to commit to his goal to walk. One week later, he wiggled his big toe, the same toe the doctor said he would never move. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had times in my life in which I've set a high, perhaps unrealistic goal, and in doing so, I've had people around me discount or dismiss my dreaming and optimism. Perhaps you've started a new business or want to restart your business, and people around you are discounting what you're doing. Perhaps you want to lose that weight that you've been unable to lose before. Perhaps you want to get that degree or get out of debt or whatever you're striving to do. Remember, the only person who can tell you that you can't win is you, and you don't have to listen. Chris battled and worked through therapy so he could finally stand up. This was a huge accomplishment. Yet, his mother wondered if he would ever get married or just date. Well, he did. He met an incredible young woman who was giving and supportive. They found a therapist in Michigan who helped people like Chris, and the years passed. But at Chris's college graduation, he stood and walked several steps with the help of his fiance balancing in front of him. A few years later, he walked seven yards at his wedding without his fiance walking in front. Instead, he walked side by side with her with his arm around her for support. And it was a culmination of years of work by his family, his wife, his team, and his healthcare professionals. He stood and walked. Now today, Chris doesn't have the full function of his legs, but he continues to make progress. Here's the thing. He says he would not have the life he has today, married, adopted children, ability to have a profession, without his worthy goal to stand and walk. Remember, if you set your goals ridiculously high and you don't quite reach those goals, you will fail above everyone else's success. So again, what about your goals? Are they worthy of your commitment? Are they worthy of the person that you're becoming? Well, here's why that matters. A worthy goal does more than inspire. It causes you to see yourself differently. It's the type of goal that you identify with. By doing so, by identifying yourself with it, you find added commitment to bring it about. Just as Chris saw himself walking, you can see yourself as a PhD, a marathoner, a debt-free homeowner, or at the next status in your business. When you change the way you see life, the life you see will change. Now, the next lesson I learned from Coach K is a quote that resonated with me. He said, sometimes a loss can be a win. In the Duke game a few weeks ago, Duke was on its home floor for the last home game of the season, and they were playing their rivals, North Carolina. They had beaten North Carolina by 20 points just a few weeks earlier. As I said, all of Coach K's alumni were there watching. Jerry Seinfeld was there. NFL players were there. The NBA commissioner, actors, friends, family were gathered in the arena for this game, and millions of viewers were watching on TV. The pressure to win, the hope of a spectacular evening in tribute to Coach K, was on the line. Well, Duke led for most of the game, but in the last four minutes, things fell apart and they lost. 
After the game, the crowd all waited for Coach K and the team to come out of the locker room. And despite the loss, the crowd joyously welcomed Coach K, his wife, and his daughters onto the court. Well, Coach K walked directly to the microphone and said to the crowd, what happened tonight was unacceptable, but the season we had was very acceptable. And the season isn't over. You see, the NCAA tournament was still to be played. He knew, Coach K knew, one game didn't make a difference. Sometimes a loss can be a win. Then Coach K stepped aside to huddle with his grandkids. They gathered arm in arm, and he had a few words for them. And I don't know what he said, but I suspect he said, remember in life, it doesn't matter if you win every game, but play each game with all your heart. And most of all, remember, family is everything. Coach K would tell the audience, I love my family more than basketball, but my family loves basketball. So I've been pretty lucky. Then he turned to his current team. He told them he loved them. Their loss that evening was not acceptable, but it would be a great lesson in helping them win in the upcoming tournament. Yes, sometimes a loss can be a great win. You know, Coach K's career wasn't defined by a single game, but by a 42-year career. And it was fitting that they lost that evening, I think. It taught so much more than if there was a win. That's how life is. Coach K's legacy was defined that night by the friends in the stands, the players he had mentored, the family that was there, and the track record he created, not by a win or a loss on a single evening. Sometimes a loss can be a win. Years ago, Dave was standing in the shower crying, and he wondered if he should just kill himself. He had made $4 million in real estate, and now it was all gone. His empire crumbled because the tax law changed, and the bank called in millions he owed in short-term loans. You see, he had over-leveraged himself and been arrogant in assuming the market was always going to work in his favor. And when the sheriff served him with the papers for defaulting on his loans, he was just 26 years old. What was he going to do? Well, Little by little, he decided to press on. His loss forced him to abandon his reckless ways of doing business, understand the world of finance a bit better, and see things in a new way. And with this new perspective, he started to help others do the same. He wrote a book about it and self-published 1,000 copies. Then a local Nashville radio station hit the skids and was unable to pay their on-air talent. So... He stepped in for a one-hour show each day with no pay. He called the show The Money Game, and that show helped him sell 30,000 copies of his book titled Financial Peace. Well, not long after that, armed with experience, he rewrote the book. This time he called it The Total Money Makeover, and that book would go on to sell millions of copies, and soon he was hosting a syndicated radio show called The Dave Ramsey Show. Now, Dave uses over 800 Bible verses to teach and instruct on how to manage your money. He says, money isn't the problem. You are. It was, in fact, Dave's loss in the game of real estate that enabled his win in the game of publishing and helping others improve. So remember, in life, as Coach K said and Dave Ramsey has proven, sometimes a loss can be a win. 
You may have had a loss recently. And if your goal is a worthy goal, you're bound, likely almost certain to have a setback or two. Because worthy goals require failure and perseverance. And if you have a worthy goal and you've recently had a loss, so to speak, don't you quit. Learn from the loss. You can do what you set out to do. Even if you've tried and failed dozens of times, don't you quit. I believe God loves persistence. He rewards and consecrates the efforts of the weak, those who try and fail, and try again. You can do what you set out to do. Recommit to whatever you must do each day to bring about your goal. Even if you failed today, don't fail tomorrow. Remember, you are of immense and eternal worth. You are here in this life to grow and do and be remarkable in every sense of the word. You have the DNA of gods and kings within you, and you can rise to be what you've decided to be. So don't let a loss on your home court or a fall on the field of play keep you from standing and walking towards your worthy goals. One of the former Duke players in the stands at the Duke game a few weeks ago was Shane Battier. Battier was raised in Birmingham, Michigan, and attended Detroit County Day School. He was heralded coming out of high school as one of the best basketball players. But once at Duke, everything didn't go according to script. As a young freshman and sophomore, he was playing behind great players like Elton Brand. And in his first year, Duke squandered a late 17-point lead to Kentucky and lost in the regional finals of the NCAA tournament. Reflecting on this, Coach K wrote in his book, I don't have to apologize for getting to the Final Four and not winning a championship. I'd rather play and be beaten than not be there at all. In your goals and work and life, do you value playing and trying? Or will you only be happy if you win? You see, there's great value in the pursuit, the relentless pursuit of a goal. Because in the end, you become different. You become different, better than you are today. You are assembling a lifetime of achievement, and you are building you. Well, after the loss to Kentucky, Coach K called Shane Battier and two of his teammates over to his house. And they talked and discussed what happened and why it happened. And they concluded that if they were going to win a championship, it was what would happen behind closed doors that would make all the difference. They committed to a different level of belief and work and sacrifice than they had had before. The result? They won the championship. And Battier was a consensus national player of the year and national defensive player of the year. Now, this principle is an incredibly important principle. Goals are met, games are won, and we become who we're supposed to become with the work done behind closed doors. You see, to change your life, you must change your day, and you can. It's what happens in the routine of your day, not the big moments of life where all the goals are met. It's the decision to do what you say you will do when you said you were going to do it. It's the willingness to plan your day to align with your goals, to say no to the small luxuries, and to start and live each day consistent with your goals. That's why so few of us ever really do what we say we will do. Too many people succumb to the day-to-day without realizing they have all the skills, the tools, the talent necessary to reach success. 
but they can't give what it takes to change their day. So if you're a mom wanting to bring a little extra income into your family, but having a hard time doing so, change your day. If you want to lose that weight or drop that habit that's been holding you back, change your day. If you want to become a real people person, change your day. It's what happens behind closed doors that makes all the difference. Now, in one rather famous Duke basketball game, the team was playing on the road at LSU. The minute the team got off the bus, the abuse from the fans started. The LSU fans dumped beer and soda on the team. And in the arena, everything was loud. They were heckled left and right, and the crowd was against them the entire game. And the LSU team was big and physical. They had a center named Shaquille O'Neal, who said before the game, we're going to kill Duke. Well, with less than a minute left in the game, Duke player Christian Leitner was fouled, and he made the foul shots to put Duke ahead. Then, as the timeout was called, Leitner walked off the floor holding his hand up with his index finger in the air, saying to the crowd, we're number one. Well, in the huddle, Coach K said, Christian, do you want to live? We've won the game. Don't be running up and down the court. Don't jump around. Walk off the court like you knew you were going to win. Instead of high-fiving, let's walk out with class. And they did. Now, one of the other quotes I remember from Coach K was this. He always told his team, don't worry about losing, worry about winning. You see, too often we all get caught up in what can go wrong instead of staying focused on what can go right. When I focus on what can go wrong, I change my tactics, I lose my strength, and it works differently on my psyche. There's so much value in not worrying about losing, but worrying about winning. In perhaps the most famous Duke basketball moment in history, Kentucky and Duke were playing in the regional championship game. Now, for perspective, this regional championship game in the NCAA tournament is huge. It's like the NFC championship in football. If you win, you go to the Super Bowl. It was that type of game. Well, at the end of regulation, Duke and Kentucky were tied at 93 apiece. So they went into overtime. And with 7.8 seconds left in overtime, Duke was ahead by one point. The Kentucky coach, Rick Pitino, called a timeout and set up a play. Well, the play went awry. Kentucky threw up a Hail Mary shot, and it went in. So, Coach K called the timeout with 2.1 seconds left on the clock. He said when his players came to the huddle, they looked shell-shocked and dazed. He could tell with only 2.1 seconds left on the clock and the full length of the floor to go, they were worrying about losing. He knew he needed to snap them out of their days and let them know they could win. So he got the players close and said, we're going to win. He screamed again, we're going to win. He said it was like being in the emergency room with a heart attack patient and putting the electric paddles on his chest. We are going to win. Boom. We are going to win. Charge. And finally, they came back to life. He could see it in their eyes. They were over the shock. So he drew up a play. Grant Hill would take the ball out of bounds, throw it three quarters of the length of the court, where Christian Leitner would catch it, not an opposing player, but Christian would catch it, fake one direction, pivot the other, and shoot a shot from the foul line. Christian, Coach K hollered, can you do it? Leitner yelled back, if Grant can throw it, 
I can catch it and hit the shot. Coach K stood everyone up. They put their hands in the middle of the huddle, and Coach K said, we're going to win. Well, the rest is history. Grant Hill passed the ball. Christian Leitner caught it, pivoted one way, then the other, shot the shot, and it went in. Final score, Duke 104, Kentucky 103. Don't worry about losing. Only worry about winning. Whatever you're trying to do, let go of the past, of your shortfalls, of all the reasons you can't. Focus only on the now, on doing what you can. It frees up your mind to become who you can become. So, as we end today, remember, revise your goals to make them worthy of your commitment. Keep in mind, a loss is sometimes a win. And don't worry about losing. Only worry about winning. And watch. You'll stand and walk and move closer to the person you're trying to be with the team and family that you're hoping for. Most of all, thanks for being here today. And don't forget to share this podcast with a friend and join us next week for another podcast as we learn to open our eyes to who and what we can become.